Welcome to Life from Flat to Fabulous. Your hosts are Sarah Karkner and Sheila Turner. This program is based on practical life-enhancing tools to shift your energy, mixed in with great stories, lots of laughs and wisdom to help you feel more confident and ignite your full potential. Now here's Sarah and Sheila. Hello, it's Sarah Karkner here with my sister from another, Mr. Sheila Turner, and we are here today to talk to you about personal safety. We are going to be reviewing the number one most powerful defense move you can use. We're going to talk about how to get your awareness in the proper zone and how to tap into your inner Sasha Fierce so you can be proactive and protect yourself in today's world and feel good about all the things you do in life and feel safe. So there's a couple of stats I want to go over that were very alarming to me. One in five women will be raped at some point in their life. One in two women will experience sexual violence, victimization other than rape. We need to change this. This needs to change. So we today are going to give you wonderful tools to use so nothing like that ever happens to you. Nothing like that. So you feel safe in who you are and in the experiences you're going to have in life. And I would like to start off today, before we get into all these tips and tricks of what we need to do, with a poem that a dear friend of mine wrote called A New Day under the author name of Stella Grace. Here we go. I feel it fair to say that I shall never go back to that place again, the place of no voice, no self, no being. A place so deceivingly sweet, at times you could make my heart skip a beat. His words could be so soft and endearing. How little did I know that they were based in hate and would leave me fearing. The physical force was minimal. His hands rarely touched my face, but that didn't matter. His words took their place. He threatened to kill me. If he couldn't have me, no one could. He bought a gun, the threat he would make good. I received the warning and somehow believed the path of my destiny if I didn't leave. I quietly planned I had to get away, start a new life, begin a new day. I needed some time, I needed some space for the wounds to heal, to regain my grace. So I have mended, I have grown, I have survived. I have grown with the strength provided by the promise of a new day. A new day, very powerful. So I wanted to read that. And now we're going to get into what we can do so that never happens to anybody because we care about you out there and we want you to be proactive and to take action. So Sheila, would you like to start us off? We are talking about PAVE. We do this wonderful program, this workshop that we call PAVE Your Way to Personal Safety. And the P, the A, the V, and the E stand for something. Each you know letter stands for something that we're going to go over so you, the audience, can remember this and always protect yourself. Sheila? Thanks, Sarah. You know, you mentioned earlier those statistics, and what's even more skewed is that out of those statistics, that's only 33% of people who report actual crimes against them, like rape or violence, sexual violence. Only 33% are reported to the police. Right, because there's a lot of shame associated with it, and people tend and fear, and people tend to keep that in. Sure, absolutely. So today we're going to talk to you about PAVE, as Sarah said, Protecting yourself, this is a more proactive approach to self-defense because we believe that there's a lot more that you can do to prevent the assault than talking about what you can do physically. But the first item is PAVE, 
P for the palm strike. That is your most effective defensive move against an attacker. And no, it's it's not kicking them in the, you know, because that's what most people, when you ask most people, hey, what do you do? Oh, I'm just going to kick them in the little treasure area. And no, indeed, that is not the case. Because what happens if you do that? Remember, if you knee someone or kick someone in the groin area, they're going to lean forward. That's the natural response. And then they can grab you. So you do not want them leaning forward. You want to push them away, hence the palm strike. Right, and that's what the palm strike does is it forces you to push that attacker away from you and you can also use it even if you're up against a wall or if someone's trying to pin you against the wall because the power from the palm strike actually comes from your legs and your torso more so than your hand. So what you're to do is to tilt your your hand back so that your palm is exposed and then you're to actually curl your fingers and then you're to force your palm up into their chin or their nose as hard as you possibly can. It's the safest way for you to attack someone without breaking your hand because as far as like a physical regular fist, closed fist punch, the palm strike is much more effective because you're at less risk of injuring yourself as well. So the power comes from your legs and your torso and you are to force your, your palm into their chin or their nose whatever you can get, and then get away. Absolutely, and that getaway is important. And that's why you do that. So they're going back, that's a natural response, and you are going to try to escape. That's a crucial element of this. So you want to be forceful. You want to be powerful. This is something you want to practice when you're at home. And if you need to, and it really helps to just like, yell and grunt and use your words because the more you use all different parts of yourself so you know you're lunging from the thighs you're using your power and you're yelling out that will actually help so you know you can do that at home yeah and also to music we absolutely when we run our programs for students or community members we often set the palm strike to music sarah what's your choice it's very very powerful oh last one we did i did like we did the megan trainer and that was yes. really fun. And everybody's going, huh, huh, huh. And they were doing that. And so that was great. We have video of that. Um, because music is always going to get your blood moving a little bit more. So it's something great. I'm a survivor, Miss Independent. All those ones that can pump you up. Anything, Beyonce. You know. And there are, are a ton of resources out there about the palm strike. You know, if you go on YouTube, uh, you know, effective palm strike. And you can practice based on what you see. Right. And, and I know that a lot of times... Um, you know, I had asked my students in class what they do and they were like, oh, well, if somebody does this, they try to do fancy things. But that's why the palm strike is so important and effective to just practice because it's one thing you can remember. If you're in a situation, you're not likely to remember, oh, well, if he does this or, the, you know, these various things, if he holds up a gun to my head, if he has a knife, you are just need to remember the palm strike. Keep it simple. Remember that it's the most effective thing you can do. Practice that and repeat that to yourself, palm strike, and you will be good to go. Absolutely. So after P is A, and A is a big one. We've got a lot of things to talk about regarding this. It's awareness, and it is extremely crucial in order to be preventative and to proactively protect yourself. And Sarah had mentioned Beyonce. And if you think of Beyonce's alter ego, when she gets on stage, she's Sasha Fierce. She takes no prisoners. If you can just imagine, close your eyes and think about Beyonce being on stage. 
she's she takes no prisoners. She's not messing around. She's not on her phone. She's not distracted. She's in complete control of herself and her audience. She's captivating. And so when we do our workshops, we do talk to everybody about Beyonce. Bring out your inner Sasha Fierce when you're out and about. Be somebody who's not going to be taken down as a victim. And it's important to think about how are you putting that energy out to the world? If your shoulders are slumped, if you're looking down, if you have a ponytail, you are at an increased likelihood of having somebody attack you. So you really need to be aware of how do you go about moving through life. It's something you're going to want to think about. I often, when I go out with girlfriends, I'm really because I'm a germaphobe as well, but I'm shocked. They'll just put their coats down on the ground if we go out to like a bar, restaurant or club and they're putting their purses down um, and they're really exposing themselves to opportunities to um, have things happen for their property to be taken for something to happen because they're not paying attention. So how do you go through life? Take a moment to think about that. Are you thinking about these things? Do you look around? Do you have eyes in the back of your head? Are you aware? You know, what's interesting is I was doing a lot of research for this subject today, and the military and law enforcement use color coding to describe your awareness level. I thought that was interesting, especially growing up with a father who is a police officer. I was always very well aware of my surroundings because he was, and he taught us to be that way. But the military and law enforcement use color coding. The condition white is the condition where you never see it coming. You're completely oblivious to your surroundings, aka maybe on your phone. Uh, Petty thieves and predators are very good at identifying these people since they make easy targets. They're being preoccupied, they're daydreaming, they're text messaging while walking, maybe walking with their head down, just somebody who's an easy target versus condition yellow which is situational awareness. And this is like the where you want to be is in the yellow. You're in a relaxed state of general alertness, but you have no specific focal point. So you have your heads up and your eyes open. You're difficult to surprise. Therefore, you are difficult to harm. I think that's really an important point there. If you are difficult to surprise, you are difficult to harm because you're taking in your surroundings in a relaxed but alert manner, meaning like you don't expect to be attacked today, but you simply recognize that there is a possibility. You know what's going on. You're paying attention. Right. Some people will say that, oh, you know, maybe they're being paranoid, but it's simply being aware of your surroundings in almost like a 360 degree way. Well, it's not to say you're expecting something negative either. You're just going to be aware of everything happening in your life. And really, isn't that the best way to be living your life? So you're fully taking in all the things that are happening to you? Sure. Yeah, it's being mindful. Um, You're following like your instinctive drive to remain alert. And even though you may often engage in like that what if type of thinking, safety experts call that pre-incident visualization. So you pretty much are surveying your surroundings saying, okay, well, Something could happen here. I'm just going to remain alert to the fact that it could. Right. And you're more likely to take an appropriate action. For example, um, if you're out and you're having a drink, say, and then you want to put your hand over the cup, they always say that's really important because it takes just a second for somebody to drop a roofie into a cup. Sure. So the way you even just hold a cup, it doesn't mean you're expecting that to happen. It's just a preventative measure because you're aware, oh, you know what? I'm at this 
place that there are hundreds of people or a bunch of people and anybody could walk by at any moment. I turn my head. And in fact, they show videos of that. It's really interesting. You just go on YouTube and how quickly um, somebody can just drop a roofie in your drink and you have no idea. They just walk by and they show a few videos of these different scenarios of people just saying, oh, well, I keep my drink. I never put my drink down. Well, it's a little bit more than that. You may not put your drink down, but you want to make sure your eyes are always on your drink. Or if they're not, your hand's covering it, so you don't have to worry. Sure, you're being just being proactive. Yes. And then, then condition orange is the next one, and that's where you're in a heightened state of awareness. You're focused on a potential threat. So you see something that's not looking right. It's a potential threat to you, so you're ready to shift into like that flight or fight mode. So you're feeling like that mild adrenaline rush, like something's not feeling right to me or something's not looking right to me. It's more where your gut is starting to talk to you, which we're going to talk about a lot in a little bit. And then condition red, where you're full flight or fight mode. You have a threat that needs to be dealt with. You've got that full adrenaline dump and you are ready to go. Those are the four states. So you want our, a yellow? Is that what we would do? We oh, want I'm, I'm definitely a yellow. <laughs> I definitely am. I think really because... I was brought up by a police officer and he would often share with us, you know, how to keep ourselves safe, what to look for. We always locked our doors to our house, whereas nobody else did, Um, you know, very, very proactive. And I think that's an important audience. So you're asking yourself, how do I go about my day? Am I aware? Am I in this state of awareness? But you also want to Talk to your family members about it. Talk to your friends. Do you have the conversation when you go out? Okay, like let's look out for each other and make sure that we are all aware. Or if somebody has had too much to drink and their awareness maybe is decreased, that you'll take care of each other, that you'll do the things you need to do to be proactive and set up a plan. Right. There was a study done in 1981, which is interesting. It's the Grayson-Stein study. And where these researches wanted to determine selection criteria when a predator was selecting their victim. And they made a black and white videotape of 60 pedestrians on a busy New York street going on about their day. And what was really interesting is that all of these predators picked the same people very, very, very quickly. But it wasn't completely obvious to the researchers why they did it. And the predators really couldn't tell you exactly why, because the people were of various sizes and shapes. So it wasn't your obvious, like you're going after these small people. It actually turned out where there was like a body language analysis that happened. And there were certain predictors that caused them to pick these people. One of them was their stride. And it was either like abnormally long or abnormally short. What do you think about that? Well, I think that... As we talk about, and we'll talk about more, the intuition you have, these people who are willing to do things like that, they have an intuition. So with that stride, and I think everybody's going to be going and taking a walk and trying to figure out what their stride is like. But if you're purposeful in your stride, it makes sense that you know where you're going and what you're doing that's more intimidating. And so if you have a slower stride and more laissez-faire, um, more relaxed, that would seem to me that you'd be an easier target if you're really quick and distracted that you'd be an easier target. Right. And these strides seem to be slower, either longer or shorter, and definitely slower than the regular flow of the pedestrians. So their movements kind of lacked deliberateness, meaning maybe they were distracted. They were just kind of like 
moseying along down the street. The fluidity of their movements also, um, the wholeness of their movements. So if they seem to be uh, not walking in a normal stance, like kind of jerking or leaning to one side or the other, and then their posture and their gaze, a downward gaze, of course, indicating that the person is preoccupied and they're unaware of their surroundings. Uh, somebody like that is an ideal target to a predator. Right. And I think you can sense somebody's when they're insecure or when they're confident. So a confident stride is going to look very different than an insecure stride. And that is something to always think about as you go out and you're walking around a city or you're walking from the grocery store to your parked car and maybe the car's parked far away. How are you carrying yourself? What is your gait like? What energy are you putting out there? Because ultimately everything goes down to this energy. If you're putting out an energy of distraction, of not caring or thinking or looking around, then somebody who is going to attack will see that as an opportunity. Right. And in post um, arrest interviews with Dennis Rader, I don't know if you remember, well, I'm sure you know him, the uh, BTK killer, he stalked his victims. So he would follow them for quite some time. And, and much of the, many of the serial killers that we have learned about do pick their potential hits, what they call them, or their projects, as in the case of the BTK killer, ahead of time and follow them and really study them and study their patterns, which is interesting. Right. Well, because that's part of like the thrill for them, probably. You know, they study it. They want to make it easy on themselves. And that's why you do not want to make it easy. You don't want to be an easy target. Again, we talked about even just wearing a ponytail, high heels. They'll look for somebody in high heels. They'll look for somebody with a ponytail because it's easier to grab the hair. And they will look for somebody whose shoulders are slumped, whose eyes are looking down, and who doesn't seem to be actively looking around and aware. Yeah, and we're going to be talking a lot more about different tips that we can put into place and different strategies to be proactive and to help to protect ourselves after the break. Be sure, in the meantime, to follow us on social media at Fab Empowers and also go on our website, fabempowers.com for more information and to get a worksheet from today's episode. We'll be right back. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Zofia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. 
Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Life from Flat to Fabulous with your hosts, Sheila and Sarah. Got a question or a comment about the show? We are right here by email at info at fab-women.com. That's info at fab-women.com. Now back to Life from Flat to Fabulous. Hello, it is Sarah Karkner and Sheila Turner here, and we are talking today about personal safety, how to pave your way to personal safety. P-A-V-E, we reviewed the P and the A, the P standing for the palm strike, the number one most powerful defensive move you can do, and the A standing for awareness and making sure you're in the proper zone of being alert and aware so you know what's going on in your surroundings, and you are not what a predator would look for. We talked about what does a predator even look for. He looks for people, or she, I shouldn't say that, looks for people who are weak, submissive, unlikely to fight back. He doesn't want resistance. So you have to look like somebody who is going to be strong and powerful and resist and not take anything from anybody. And so you need to practice that with that palm strike. You go home, you practice it. Maybe you're out with friends and you practice explosively punching up either the chin or the nose powerfully. And then you run and you get out of there. You don't need to fight anymore. You palm strike and then get out of there. Right. And your potential really of becoming a victim is influenced in large part by the unconscious signals that you project to a potential assailant, whether deliberately or intuitively the predators form an opinion about how easy you will be to dominate and control. They're looking for weak, submissive, and unaware targets that won't or can't fight back. Yeah, so you want your shoulders back. You want your eyes up. You want to walk with a confident gait because they will assess your gait. They will assess the speed of your walk, the stride of your walk, the width of your walk. Oh, and posture is huge. Your posture and your eye contact. When we do our workshops, we have our participants split the room and have them walk toward each other with their eyes on each other versus then split the room and have them walk with their heads down. And they're all bumping into each other because they can't see each other. So it really is a good way to for them to realize how different. Right. Your eyes send out an energy. So when you're in scenarios of, you know, we've been talking a lot about scenarios of somebody that maybe would attack you kind of out of nowhere, but also people that you know can turn and um, do things that you would be surprised about or want to worry about. And so you want to be familiar with 
what signs can you look for if you're starting to feel a little bit uneasy about somebody? Maybe you just met somebody or with a group of friends and met somebody at a bar or a sporting event. And you're like, oh, that person looks interesting to talk to. And then there's just something not right. There's that intuitive feeling that you get. One of the things is your eyes do send out energy. So what kind of cues are you getting from that person and the energy that's coming out of their eyes? Are they looking a little bit shady? We all know that look. But sometimes we let our mind talk us out of our gut feeling and our intuition. Mm -hmm. And we do want to talk today about intuition and trusting that gut feeling. It's a primal response. It's like an internal truth teller. So trusting that gut feeling, if you get goosebumps, that's another intuitive, like little intuitive tingles. You want to make sure you listen to that because it is key to making sure that nothing is going to happen to you and you protect yourself. Yes, there is a great great quote by Gavin DeBecker, and it says, safety starts with knowing that your intuition about people is a brilliant guardian. That's something that really hits home and really something to think about. Your intuition is a brilliant guardian. And your intuition can come in flashes of insight, like these aha little things that you have, these aha moments, and they happen quickly, but they're mighty, and you don't want to dismiss them. So you don't want to dismiss that. And you want to be aware and aware of your intuition and aware of those little signals that your body is sending you. Right. And it's okay not to be nice. I think that's a really important point when you're talking about your intuition. A lot of predators and criminals really rely on the fact that we are going to be nice and polite because that's how we are raised really is to be nice and polite and help people and say please and thank you and no thank you it's okay if your gut is telling you something it's okay to not roll down your car window to help somebody it's okay to not open your front door if you weren't expecting a visitor it's okay to say no that's a really important point and I think it's an important point that we need to teach our daughters as well that it's okay Absolutely. And practicing that. So when I coach people, we will actually practice the art of saying no, just saying it out loud into a mirror. Some people need that and that's okay. And if it's something that you're not great with doing, then you practice it. You maybe think of different scenarios or have a friend or somebody you trust say certain things in certain scenarios and you practice saying no. It's a very powerful thing. And in fact, you should stand up tall with your shoulders back and maybe even the superwoman pose where you actually put your fists on your hips and you're standing there like you're a superhero and you practice that. That will give you more confidence. It is a very, very um, underrated but extremely important tool to have for personal safety. Right. And along with not being nice and trusting your gut is remembering that whatever it is that this perpetrator wants, if don't go down defending your personal property. Your body is your number one priority. It doesn't matter. And again, to tell our daughters and the younger generation that that iPhone doesn't matter, that purse doesn't matter, that car doesn't even matter. But what we found is really interesting too, and we, we put this into our programs as well, is we have a scenario where we give a participant something and later on in the program, I ask for it back and grab the participant's wrist because I didn't want what the physical object was that I was asking for. I wanted that person. And it's really, really effective in getting them to understand that they are to throw whatever it is in the opposite direction 
when asked for something and start to run. And that way give gives you that split second of time to know whether or not that person is interested in the iPhone or interested in you. Absolutely. And that is something to talk about. And again, that is a little bit of something to practice because we are so used to just handing over something. It's a very natural action. So you want to practice that again with somebody you trust with your family. Somebody asks you for something, you got to kind of think. And another thing I would like to highlight is that we are worried about being nice, but it doesn't mean you're being mean. You're just taking the time too. If you just take a breath, you don't have to respond right away. If you're feeling uncomfortable, what calms? So what happens is when you get this intuition and you think, ooh, something's not quite right, your sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight is gonna go off. And what counterbalances that is your parasympathetic nervous system. And if that's starting to go off, this sympathetic nervous system and that little bit of fight or flight, that kicks in a little bit of adrenaline, what you need to do is just remember to take a breath take a few deep breaths and that will actually help your parasympathetic nervous system kick in to balance that out, to calm you down. And then you can make more clear decisions and decide, okay, what's the best course of action? How am I going to manage myself out of this situation? Right. And so practice that practice the not handing somebody something, if they ask for something, the taking a few deep breaths before you, Make a decision about if you're going to continue talking to this person, if you're going to answer the door, if you're, you know, if somebody, it just, you just feel off about something. Right. And then there's that whole issue about the primary location and the secondary location. Yes. Big one. And if you take Ted Bundy, let's just say, there's been a lot of, you know, Netflix series recently, a 2020 on Ted Bundy. He was so charming and so clean cut and nice that he was able to lure these women to alternate locations, which obviously you, you never want to go to the second location with someone. Right. I just watched the, it was on Netflix, Dirty John, I think it was. And that's another one where he just really took advantage of her. But she had like these, there were these signs or these warning signs and um, she didn't, heed the warning signs. So that's important because you do not want to go to that second location, as you were saying. And so how do you learn to trust yourself a little bit more deeply than maybe you have been? You need to think about that and really honor that your body is telling you something is amiss, even though your mind might not want it to be that way. Listen to your body because it's wiser than your mind is really. Absolutely. I'm like a 2020 Dateline Netflix type of true crime junkie, I guess. I've always been interested in it. And again, I think it's because of my family's uh, history in law enforcement. But if you find me, I'm scrolling through the TV channels. I'm always stopping on a Dateline or a 2020 investigation. And I... That's awesome. I'm I'm watching the Smurfs, but there you go. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing I found was so scary. Maybe it was a criminal minds. I don't know what it was about a story about a woman who was murdered in her apartment and there were no visible signs of forced entry. So they were doing this massive investigation and interviewing the boyfriend and interviewing all these people. They couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure out. Finally comes to be where they found out the woman had gone to a restaurant a few nights before and valet parked and she gave her entire set of keys to the valet. The valet was stalking and getting ready to, you know, take someone and saw her, made a copy of her house key, went on her GPS in her car, figured out where it was programmed home and was able to get in her front door with her own key. That is a very scary story. 
But within that scary story is also a tip right there. Two tips, in fact. Well, how many people do you give your keys to? I mean, there are a lot of people. And you have garage door openers in your car. Somebody could get in that way because a lot of times people leave their interior garage door unlocked, but they have the garage door openers in their cars. Yes. So you have to make sure it's a place you trust. And again, if there's that hint of maybe, ooh, I don't know if this is a safe place, you're going to want to take that garage door opener with you. Just provide the key and not all the other things. And a great tip is also in your car, do not put your actual address. Right. right? Maybe some place nearby, but not your actual address. Right. And there's a lot of growing concern as well with this whole online safety. That in itself, can you can open yourself up to being a victim or being stalked or, you know, if you start to set up patterns or you start to really share too much information on your social media pages. Absolutely. I think you can learn what well, you can learn a lot about somebody from their social media page. And in fact, I'm always surprised when people will say or post things like, oh, my husband's away and I'm have a girl's night. And well, that to me is just like a huge signal for somebody who might be a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs to say, ooh, that person's vulnerable and by themselves. So I think you got to be thinking about what kind of things do you post and what notifications do you have on? You know, if you're a group of, with a group of people and you post that, oh, I'm such and such concert or I'm at this restaurant, that's fine. But if you're by yourself or might be by yourself at any time or waiting to meet my friends and you post a thing about where you are, then that's not probably the best choice. No, it's definitely recommended that if you are going to post photos about an event that you post them after the fact, rather than letting people know where you are or will be that day. Absolutely. And even how you're getting there, your mode of transportation and things like that, too. Sure. And you want to be cautious about checking into locations. I mean, you just really never know who's watching or who's who's analyzing this information. Um, if you do post after the event, be mindful if you like frequent that location as well, because that's enough to give a criminal to start to build a like a predictive profile. profile. Absolutely. Well, if I mean, you figure that just shopping online and then all of a sudden those advertisements come up with like, oh, you look for this. Maybe you're interested in this. That Uh that in itself freaks (laughs) me out a little bit. It is. It's really crazy. But that's not even a good person. That's a computer just doing that. So imagine what a person can do if they're very interested. Right. And they have their eye on you. Yeah. And you want to keep this the specific location and times vague. So maybe you don't tag that actual place where you were at, the restaurant. Maybe you just say you were in such and such town at a certain time. And also when you go on vacation, it's the same thing. You're opening yourself up to, oh, no, they're not home. They're not home this week. Look at that. They're enjoying uh, the Bahamas. Absolutely. So you want to make sure you have lights on people at the house. or I mean, you don't want to post about it in the first place. But people do like to do that. So you have to be very smart about it. Maybe alarm system. Lights on is very important. Mm-hmm. Activity, maybe someone staying at your house. These are all the kind of things you need to think about. Right. And this interesting observation I've been making recently is the amount of people sitting in their cars in parking lots scrolling through their phones. Do you notice that? Or do you do yes. that yourself? Oh, okay. for sure. But I yeah. think the important thing with that 
is locking your car. Exactly. (laughs) People don't do that. No. I mean, you get in, let's say you're at the grocery store, put all your stuff in your trunk, you get in your car, you start your car, but your car doesn't automatically lock until you start moving. So here you are sitting like a sitting duck in a parking lot with your doors unlocked and you're completely distracted by whatever you're scrolling through. That's something that really, really is important to keep in mind. So that's a habit you need to get into straight away. You get in your car, you lock your car. You get in your car and you tell your kids that. You tell anybody you care about that. It right. should be secondary, second nature. Really yeah. get in the car, lock your car. Mm-hmm. And also thinking about the things like, you know, when you're putting groceries in the car and just looking around. There was a time, I remember we're near the King of Prussia Mall and there was that big thing where people hiding under the cars and oh, they would like yeah. flip people's ankles or oh it was very scary and so just being aware having if it's dark having flashlights on your phone making sure um we're going to talk about some great apps that you can actually just have your finger on the app and if something happens you press a little button and that is going to send alerts out so we'll talk about that in our next segment all these amazing apps and tools and tips that you can use in order to really protect yourself and defend yourself and be proactive and say, I am Sasha Fierce. I'm not going to let anything happen to me. I am a strong, confident person. That's right. So, so far, we've reviewed the Palm Strike awareness, which we still have more to talk about. We've shared some tips. We're going to share some more tips. We're going to talk about the V and the E in PAVE. Be sure to follow us on social media at Fab Empowers and also on our website, fabempowers.com for more information, get your free gift and your worksheet for today's episode. We will be right back. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Are you ready for a show about possibilities? Are you tired of boundaries and limitations and ready for expansion and growth? Then tune in and spend some time with Rebecca Huey, host of Mastermind. Dr. Rebecca provides a safe, healing environment designed to help you develop emotional intelligence, resilience, and the self-awareness necessary to create positive, long-lasting change. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel you are listening to life from flat to fabulous with your hosts sheila and sarah got a question or a comment about the show we are right here by email at info at fab-women.com that's info at fab-women.com Now back to Life from Flat to Fabulous. 
Hello, it's Sarah Karkner and Sheila Turner here, and we are here discussing with you personal safety, how to pave your way to personal safety. We talked about the P and PAVE, which stands for the palm strike, making sure you explosively and powerfully palm strike someone if they come towards you so they will tip back and you will run and escape and get away. We talked about the A, which stands for awareness, making sure that you are in the zone yellow, the condition yellow, where you have the situational awareness, you are knowing what's going on in your surroundings, you are confidently carrying yourself, you are making sure your eyes are up and you are open to knowing what's going on in your environment because it is important because your body language speaks It's sending messages, and you want to make sure you're sending the right, confident message of back off. I am fierce. I am fabulous, and you cannot get at me because those people looking to do harm are going to look for your stride. They're going to look at the rate of your walking, the fluidity of how you walk, the wholeness or lack of wholeness, swinging your arms. Are you confident, or are you hunkered down a little nervous and scared? They're going to look at your posture and your gaze, and you want to be aware of yourself and the energy you're putting out. So your energy is that of, you can't do anything to me. I will fight back because they do not want somebody who will fight back. And you guys are now going to be confident, fighting back, practicing all these wonderful tips and tools that we are going to share with you in this next segment. We have loads of loads of great tips and tools to share with you. Absolutely. So I think we should move on to the next letter in PAVE, the voice. The voice. (laughs) Your voice is such a powerful tool in protecting yourself. Your voice is strong, powerful. It can draw attention without physical connection. What do you mean, Sheila? (laughs) What do you mean, your voice? What should I do with my voice? I mean saying that I'm feeling uncomfortable, Sarah. Go for it, girl. I like that. So commanding commanding the room with your voice right it's very powerful if you're in a social situation and someone's making you feel uncomfortable by raising your voice you're drawing attention to yourself which is a good thing because that's what you want to do in order to be proactive and to tell other people that you're uncomfortable and have this person then know that other people know that they're posing a threat to you and it is better safe than sorry because we did talk a little bit before about not wanting to be mean or not wanting to be rude. But you know what? It's better to be assertive because there's a difference between being mean and being assertive. There is nothing wrong with being assertive to protect yourself. If you are feeling uncomfortable, trust your gut instinct. Trust that because that is very powerful. That is your intuition. That is wisdom coming through. So you want to make sure that you're okay with that. Don't worry about being wrong. It's better safe than sorry. Use your voice to express yourself. I talked to a student today and they said a story about um, his sister and that she was on a train and um, there was a gentleman sitting next to her and he made her feel really uncomfortable. And he made an advance towards her and she yelled and she said no. And then she ended up like elbowing him, getting him a headlock. She was trained in some stuff. It was really, it was quite powerful, but everybody turned and she was not afraid to use her voice. And and what happened was there was police that actually came on the next stop and police came on the train and they were able to deal with the situation, but she alerted all the people in the area and he did try to flee actually, and he didn't end up fleeing. But I thought that was amazing 
because she was comfortable enough to use her voice instead of just, ooh, maybe he'll get off at the next stop. Right. We all know those people. We all have friends who have no volume control, you know, when you're in a situation and they are speaking louder than everybody else in the room. When you're in a restaurant and you like you're next to a table and you've got a loud yes. talker over there, it seems to like just command, like you need to listen to that person's conversation because channel that person. When <laughs> yeah. you're feeling uncomfortable, you got to channel that. You got to be that annoying person at the next table who's speaking louder than everybody else. It's the way that is going to draw attention to yourself and your situation. If you think about yourself like shopping, let's say at Target or something, you're feeling like maybe somebody's phone a little too close behind you. If you don't say anything, nobody's going to know. If you speak up in Target, everybody's going to look at you because nobody's yelling in Target unless they're in trouble. Absolutely. And somebody had asked me today, well, what do I do? If the person's coming from behind, you know, I can't do the palm strike if somebody comes from behind. That is when you use your voice. That is when you scream and shout and let it all out. That's what you need to do for yourself and start becoming comfortable with that idea. It is okay to use your voice. And if you come from a family that is not okay to use your voice, you need to practice. Just like we practice being confident, you need to practice expressing So when you're like, I'm being loud right now, I'm so loud. No, you're not. You got to practice that and have somebody you trust and say, am I loud? No, louder, louder, louder. Until you can feel confident enough to express yourself. And we use in our workshops, Katy Perry's Roar to really help our attendees really raise their voices up. And by the end of the song, they are (laughs) (laughs) they're a roar off back and forth. It is. It's a full on roar off and they feel great. It feels so good to use your voice. It's very powerful, but it does take practice. Absolutely. So practice out there, audience. You're practicing that palm strike. You're practicing your awareness and you're practicing the V, which is the voice. Right. But The most important core concept in self-defense is E, which is escape. So we've got the palm strike, awareness, voice, and now we're moving on to escape, which is the core principle in self-defense. It is to do whatever you can do to avoid physical confrontation. But if you cannot, you are to act quickly and explosively for the purpose of escape. So I'm going to repeat that because it's extremely important. The core principle of self-defense is to do whatever you can to avoid physical confrontation. But if you cannot, you are to act quickly and explosively for the purpose of escape. Your goal is to get away. That's your number one goal. So no matter what you're holding and whatever they say they want, give it to them, throw it at them, get away. Absolutely. And I know this is heavy stuff here, but it's really important. So now we're going to say some tips. So for example, so it doesn't stress you out too much. What you can do when you go to someplace, look for the exits, check it out. Where you go to a party, when you go to a sports stadium, if you're good, just even if you're going shopping, where are the exits? You know, just let yourself look around, be aware. It doesn't mean anything's going to happen. You're having a wonderful day, but you are aware. You're in that zone of understanding that, you know what, if something does happen, I know how I'm going to leave. I know what I'm going to do. You can even set up with your friends, and I really recommend this for high school, college. And again, I mean, you can use this all the time, but it's really important to have a plan with your friends. Maybe you have a code word. 
You have a code word you use if you're feeling uncomfortable in a conversation with a group of people. Set that code word up. I've done that before. We'll have a word that we say or a sentence. And if you say that sentence, it means, you know, you're not digging the vibe of what's going on here. And that person, if you're feeling like, oh, I'm not sure how to end this conversation, can come in and end that conversation because maybe they feel a little more confident. They're not in the same vulnerable situation you are because you are feeling uncomfortable. Right. You want to put yourself in that condition yellow that we talked about earlier, where you have that 360 mindset where you're assessing everything ahead of time when you go to a location so that you are aware and you're aware that there could be a threat. You're not letting it take over your life, but you are being mindful about the potential risk. Um, One thing I found that was really um, good to know, and I think our listeners would really need this piece of information, is if you're ever feeling like you're being followed in a car I've had those times where it's like somebody's driving a little too close to me and I feel like they've been driving for too long behind me. Great tip here is to make the first three right-hand turns you can or the first three left-hand turns you can. So essentially you're going back, backtracking into a circle. And if that person is still behind you, there's a really high chance that you are being followed. So after that happens and you realize that there is a threat to slow down, and put your hazards on to draw attention to your car and to get to the busiest street possible that you know. Slowing down and putting the hazards on draws attention and hopefully somebody calls the police about your driving and allows you to keep moving because you never want to have your car stop. Absolutely. That is a wonderful tip. So those hazard lights, put that on. And even if you're actually in a car with somebody and you're feeling uncomfortable and you're driving, you could always put the hazards on as well, because that's alerting other people that there is something that's amiss. Right. And to call 911, of course, if, if by chance you happen to know where a fire station or a police station is, certainly those are your two safest places to pull over. But even if you feel like you're being followed and you're coming up on a red light, try to slow down enough to time the lights so that you don't have to stop. You're much safer in a slower moving car than a stopped car. That was a really good tip I received. That's great. And I think that goes too that if you're just walking and being followed, what can you do? We have some really good apps that we've discovered and utilized for if you're just walking somewhere and you start to feel uncomfortable. Now, I was um, asking a few people today, what do you do when you're walking on campus or when you're going out and about in the city? A few people said, they would fake a conversation on the phone. They would carry their phone and fake a conversation. Some people said they would actually call somebody. But again, that's great if you're feeling that sense, that intuition that something is just a little off, but you want to make sure you're aware. But a couple of the really good apps, one we really liked was Circle of Six. Right, Circle of Six. It's a great app where you can, it was actually like a winner of the White Horse um, Apps Against Abuse Technology Award. You have a way to connect with your most trusted friends and to stay close and safe and prevent violence before it happens. It's like a mobile way to look out for your friends when you're out for the night. So it lets you choose six trusted friends or family to add to your circle. And if you get uncomfortable or in a risky situation, use it to automatically send your circle a pre-programmed text message with your exact location. Um, It's super quick. It's discreet. It's like two taps on your phone, and that's all it takes. That's excellent. I know there are a few 
apps that you have that if you press a button, it sends a little alarm, but you really need to check your phone because I found when I downloaded a few of them, I didn't feel it was loud enough. So it would be good if it was a quiet area, but if it's like a party or something, it wouldn't work as well. Right. One of those apps is My Panic Alarm, which sends a very loud alarm out. It's just one touch of the button of the icon on the app and it sends uh, that alarm out. Absolutely. That's very important. I know a lot of people will carry their key in their knuckles. They talk about that. One of my students, yeah, they walk around and they have the key in the knuckles and like, you know, so that would make an effective palm strike as well. Actually, you'd have to carry it properly, but that would be something that you have. People carry mace. I'm not sure how legal I know pepper spray and mace, depending on what state you live in, um, will determine if you can get that or the access you can have for that. Yes, I've often I've done that with the keys in my knuckle before because um, you know if you feel like you're in an unsafe situation. And as a former realtor, I used to get really nervous with open houses because and we've heard a lot of actual crimes against realtors with people knowing you know where you are because you're broadcasting your location. But to share your schedules with people, whether you're a realtor or not, you should always let somebody else know where you are all the time. So schedule sharing, there's great apps, like my family uses this Cozy app for our family planning so that we always know where we are. And that's, you know, a really good tool to use. I like the, there's a Life360 where you can track people. But again, you want to take it a step further because unless the person's looking for where you are, you want to take a step further and just always have, hey, I plan to arrive around this time. You know, if I don't arrive, check in. I'll text you when I arrive. That's a really important thing to do for personal safety. Just always kind of have a plan with other people so they know, hmm, wow, that person said they were going to be here at this time. They said they'd text me at this time. Maybe I need to check in on them. A lot of people are getting the ring camera. I know you have that, Sheila. For we the do. Mm-hmm. The ring camera is awesome. I love it. I can check in anywhere. If somebody's coming to my front door, I can get a live view. I can speak to the person. Um, it's it. They're awesome. I highly, highly recommend them. But we just got an email from Maureen who says that she presses and holds the side button on one of the volume buttons until the emergency SOS slider appears. If you hold down the buttons until the countdown ends, your iPhone automatically calls emergency services. Ooh, that's good Thanks, to know. Maureen. Wait, can you say that again so you hold down the side sure. button? Press and hold the side button and one of the volume buttons until the emergency SOS slider appears. If you hold down the buttons until the countdown ends, your iPhone automatically calls emergency services. That's excellent. So that goes to show, like, hold your phone. You're talking to people that you can hold your phone and you will be protecting yourself if you're in a situation and they don't even know you're doing that. They won't know that. Everybody holds their phones right now. Yeah. You're in a conversation. That's great. Wow, we've covered a lot. We've covered a lot today. Pave, the palm strike, your awareness, your voice escaping. We hope we've given you a lot of tips. The uh, core principle of self-defense is to escape. And we hope that you find value in these tips and share them with others. You certainly can share this broadcast after the fact uh, with all of your friends, uh, your daughters, your family, just to help to keep everybody safe. Stay in the yellow zone. Stay in the yellow zone. So thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope that you are feeling empowered and inspired and ready to pave your way to personal safety. Remember to follow us at Fab Empowers and then visit our website, fabempowers.com. 
to sign up for your free gift and today's preventative self-defense worksheet so you can join our tribe of empowered females. Make sure you fab it forward, like we said, by sharing it. Share this broadcast, share our webpage, share our social media site, and join us next week as we welcome a very special guest, Wendy Gustin, who will tell us her story of courage and how a misfortune in her life gave her the opportunity to stand on top of the world, literally. Yes, this fierce, fabulous woman ascended her boundaries all the way to the top of Mount Everest. It's going to be a good one. Very excited. Mm -hmm. And remember to find a little fab in your every day. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of Life from Flat to Fabulous. Be sure to join Sheila Turner and Sarah Hartner again next Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, make it a fabulous week. 